0: Da, 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 da. Welcome to the C.L. Brown Show. I love the urgency from that theme music. It, it makes it feel like, you know, this is some serious business going on. And we are serious over here. I am your host, C.L. Brown, sports columnist with the Louisville Courier-Journal. Have with me this week, former colleague of mine at The Athletic, David Ubben, who is the senior, a senior college football writer for The Athletic. And joining me is former University of Louisville point guard, Peyton Siva, captain that 2013 national title team in men's basketball. He's going to talk about the current state of affairs with the program and get into a new business venture he's got going on. But before we get to all of that, we're going to start with some pickup lines. Trying to make y'all some money. Need to get on board. It's two weeks. I'm five and one against the spread. Five and one straight up. Let's jump right into these picks. Louisville is a nine and a half point favorite against IU. Uh, they are playing in Indianapolis instead of Bloomington. So it's kind of like week one, that neutral site game that they played against Georgia Tech. And I'm expecting. Louisville to come out and and run away with this thing I think offensively I, I, I don't think uh, IU can keep up offensively with with what the Cardinals can put up and I think uh, Jamari Thrash and Jawar Jordan are as I wrote in a column last week the best one-two punch in the ACC in terms of running backs and receivers there are other more talented players in those positions, but I don't think any team has two guys that are as good as they are in terms of a running back and a top receiver. So moving on, UK is a 25-point favorite against Akron. Now, Kentucky didn't look good in that first half against Eastern Kentucky. Offensively, defensively, they didn't look as good in the second half of that game. But I think they're going to put it together in their last non-conference game before the SEC play starts for them at Vanderbilt next week. And I also think that game against Eastern Kentucky kind of, you know, smarted them for what they're going to do against Akron. I think Devin Leary, he's used to playing at tempo at, at NC State, no huddle, you know, getting into a good rhythm. Kentucky played a little slower. It even seems like they played slower than in week one, how they looked against Ball State. So I think because they scored four straight touchdowns in that, you know, the last drive of the first half and into the second half against each in Kentucky, I think they're going to loosen it up a little bit more and they're going to play with the, a little quicker pace. And I, I don't see Akron being the team to be able to stop that. So let's get the Cats and give those 25 points. And then nationally, there are no matchups of top 25 teams this week. So I'm going to take the Western Kentucky-Ohio State game as my national pick of the week. Ohio State, 27.5-point favorite at home against the Hilltoppers. The, The Buckeyes just haven't impressed me. I mean, they have not gotten into any kind of rhythm offensively. They're only averaging 29 points. From their first two games, you know, Youngstown, they beat Youngstown State last week, 35 to 7. In week one, they beat IU 23 to 3. So I'm going to guess that the Hilltoppers, I'm banking on the Hilltoppers being able to put up more points than just a single score against the Buckeyes defense. And I'm also banking on Ohio State offense, Ohio, Ohio State offensively still not being that crisp. So give me the toppers as a road dog. And let's see if we can't keep this momentum going. That's going to do it for my pickup lines. Now let's talk some football. And now joining me on the show, I have with me senior writer for college football from The Athletic, my man, David Oven. David, what's going on?
1: Not much, CL. Good to talk to you. Uh I, I, I enjoyed running into you down in Destin uh for SEC meetings and uh it's always good to uh to catch up now that we're in the thick of the season. Destin's a lot more chill than uh than Boulder is uh, <laughs> where I was this weekend. So. <laughs> yes, you
0: you've been following the circus as you put it, following Deion Sanders in, in Colorado and it's the It's definitely the uh, most magnetizing story in college football right now. Did did you? I would have been like, I would have had to holler at Wu Tang, like all the all the members (laughs) that were on the sideline. myself.
1: (laughs) I didn't. I uh, I did not take a role. I don't think it was the full clan, but it was at least like five or six members. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I did not see the RZA. I could have missed him, but I didn't spot him.
0: Let, let's start with with uh, Louisville and they have a game against Indiana on on Saturday in Lucas Oil at Lucas Oil Field Stadium neutral site game. Um, just wanted to get your impressions so far on the the early start for Jeff Brom, how how you feel like he's doing in his uh, at his alma mater.
1: I mean, I didn't, I didn't love Louisville's roster, but I think you look at the schedule and you say this is a schedule setting them up for success. And I'm, I'm, I'm usually willing to give grace to a lot of first year coaches in the first game, regardless of how good a situation or whatever you inherit. That first game is always a little iffy, mm-hmm. and so I was shocked to see them down as big as they were to Georgia Tech. But credit to them for for rallying and and uh, and taking care of business in the second half uh, and sort of staying composed and staying at it. I like them to win rather convincingly uh, over Indiana this week. And, and I think, you know, big picture, you you couldn't ask for a better hire. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty obvious move, of course, and a a reunion that's been a long time in the making, but you know, they've got a, they've got a chance to win a bunch of ball games uh, in, in, uh, in year one. And I don't think they should apologize that maybe some of that is, is Mm -hmm. aided by the schedule, just win what's put in front of you. And you might wake up in December and have, you know, nine wins.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how do you put that in the larger context of the ACC race? I mean, I, obviously, after two weeks, it looks like Florida State is the team to mm-hmm. beat. Carolina may have regressed from what they looked like in week one in beating South Carolina. Uh, Duke certainly with that win over Clemson looks strong and Clemson looks like a middle of the pack team <laughs> right now. Like like they yeah. faded. Where, where do you see Louisville kind of fitting in that?
1: I mean, I, I think, you know, certainly not in that that top, you know, uh, echelon. I think, you know, you, you mentioned, I think Florida State will see about Miami. I, I could see Miami playing their way into there. Mm-hmm. Clemson. I mean, I, I want to see some more from them, you know, through two weeks. Naturally, you haven't seen a lot, you know, when you're losing as late into the game as they were to Charleston Southern, to say nothing of the Duke opener. Um, a lot of concerns there, but they do have a ton of talent. I think they're, to me, when you look at Louisville, they look like they're kind of right below that North Carolina level of like, okay, this team is, is capable of beating a bunch of really good teams. Like North Carolina, if they went up and beat, you know, anybody except for, you know, Georgia or whoever, um, you wouldn't necessarily be surprised. I don't know that I could see Louisville doing that, but I think sitting there kind of on that like third tier um, with a, with a team that, that, you know, I think they're going to be good enough offensively, especially as you get to the season to scare some people, and, uh, you know, I, I think we'll we'll see how good Notre Dame is. I, I think if you're Louisville, you'd rather catch them later in the season because you're adjusting to so many new things. Yeah. But like, you know, they could be Duke. You know, you look at them going down to Miami. We'll see how tough that game is. There's a lot of football between now and then. And Miami has not been the most uh, steady, stable team <laughs> that we've seen. So we it's like the them this least. week and and they've got a lot to prove. But Um, it's a fascinating uh, team because there is so much transition, uh, but big picture. Certainly I I love where Louisville is at and certainly upgraded at the head coaching spot.
0: Yeah. And speaking of a lot to prove the ACC so far has, has had at least in its marquee games, I'm not counting Virginia losing to Tennessee, but they they've held their own and, and maybe probably, Surprised some people with some of these non-conference wins. Florida State, the way that they handled LSU, uh, I already mentioned Carolina beating South Carolina, and then you know, as you mentioned, Miami to Texas A&M was what four and a half point favorite going into yeah. Miami, and mm-hmm. and really after a couple of fluky things with the punt situation, the punt block and a muffled punt for Miami, they just rolled in that game so
1: yeah shout out to Shannon Dawson fixing that offense uh they've still got a lot to prove defensively but if they're gonna be putting up 40 points a game uh and they clearly seem to have fixed the Tyler Van Dyke issue I was yeah I don't know what happened to him last year um but if he's playing like this and and dropping dimes the way he is I did like his mom's Van dyme jersey that was <laughs> <laughs> that was
0: dope um so this is another prove it weekend though. You have eight different yeah, okay. games where the ACC is going up against another power 5 conference, many in the, against the Big 10 like uh Louisville, IU. Um how do you kind of see the ACC in the in the larger picture of college football right now? Um it looks like the SEC is down. Looks like the Pac-12 is going to have their best year in their last mm-hmm. year. And you know, the Big 10 since Harbaugh isn't running Michigan right now from the sidelines, you know, I, I I still think they're the best team in the Big Ten. But I'm not sold on Ohio State right now. I think they really got a quarterback issue. That in terms of being up in their top yeah. tier, you know, where we're used to seeing them. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I where where do you feel like the ACC falls?
1: Well, I think we're going to learn a lot this weekend. I think it helps when you have someone carrying the flag in the way that Florida State uh, has done. I mean, Florida State looks as good as anybody in the country. Um, Sort of looks like a national championship contender. I feel like they better with all the trash they were talking. I was one of two people on our staff to pick them to go to the playoff this offseason. So I, I, I appreciated that. Uh, I just thought they could break through and and offensively they're going to be a ton of fun and defensively they've been better than I think a lot of people um have expected. It's a long season. we'll see. but uh I you know there's a chance for for the ACC to really uh make some hay you know I think North Carolina can be uh, a team that that if you flex a little bit against Minnesota, you can look pretty good. Uh, I do think Louisville takes care of business this weekend. Uh, you know, Georgia tech, if you can hang close, you know, we'll see there. And then the brawl is always the brawl. I don't think West Virginia is very good and, and Pitt has looked pretty iffy. They shocked me on Saturday. I, I did not yeah. see that one coming. Um, and so, you know, but if you can, uh, get right in that ball game and, and, uh, you know, flex a little bit on West Virginia and win that game, uh, do that in Morgantown, maybe by double digits, you know, that that's, you know, th- that's the thing about right now. These are opportunities to, uh, make a name for yourself. And we've seen the pac 12 really do it so far this season with a bunch of wins. The ACC has some good wins, but these, you know, these are when you stack up your record, you know, when you go in these head to head power Five to power five games. And, and, uh, I'm I'm very intrigued. I haven't loved what I've seen against Virginia tech, but I would advise against losing. To
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, yeah. Wise words. Um, Let's transition to the SEC now, because uh, the flip side is it It seems like the SEC is kind of down, but I'm not even sure, locally speaking, that Kentucky can really take advantage of that. Uh, first and foremost, it doesn't seem like Georgia is down <laughs> and they're sitting right there in the East Division. But uh, are you surprised with how, you know, in these in these marquee matchups so far, the SEC has been lacking?
1: No because I think you know we we were talking about this uh, on our uh, our our athletic podcast until Saturday coming into the season and again this week we we I remember we previewed the SEC quarterbacks and I remember starting that show and looking and saying this is not a great group. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is not a group that makes you just say wow, look at all these guys. Yeah. There's some okay guys, or some guys with potential. Um, but there's not a lot. I mean, you look in the PAC 12, I mean, the PAC 12 might have five or six guys better than anybody in the sec. And so wow. when you look at, Hey, Bama loses, what, what's the big reason why Bama lost? They had pretty uninspiring quarterback play That's a huge part of that. Um, and so, you know, at the top of the league and the middle of the league, there's just a lot of guys with a lot to prove. And sometimes it's just that simple. Like the sec obviously has more talent than anybody else. You look at the recruiting rankings, you look at the NFL draft picks, all that stuff. You know, there's a, a a healthy amount of talent in that league. But if you don't have an impact player that's touching the ball every play on offense and can put points on the board, you're vulnerable. And, you know, I think Kentucky does have one of those guys. Uh I, I think Kentucky, you know, I, I Devin Leary has a shot to be the best quarterback in the league by season's end. Mm-hmm. He's got a long way to go to prove that, Um, but he's certainly accomplished – you know, the Liam Cohen situation is pretty scary. We'll see how, you know, if that affects them, you know, moving forward. Yeah. But that was a marriage that I think can be good. And, and and Kentucky, quite frankly, has stumbled out of the gate before and played with its food a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, judge them on these games. I'm going to judge them on, on you know, games they play in the SEC. Um, so I'm I'm not sweating on Kentucky. I think they're still going to score a bunch of points. I still love that trio of receivers. Tavion Robinson seems like he's come back uh, and and a better factor. And 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 Barron Brown and Dan Key, I mean, the sky's the limit for those guys. So, you know, there's a lot to play with there. Uh, And Kentucky, I love what I've seen from them, but I think the talent is there and – and, uh, you know, as you get into the season, you know, we, we've seen Kentucky. I mean, they, they almost lost to Chattanooga. What was that? In the, was that the year that they won, won like 10 games? Yeah, yeah, it was. So, <laughs> and that's, you know, that's been brought so up. So, like, so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not – my panic level on Kentucky is like 2 out of 10. I think they're still really good. I think they got a shot to finish second in the West – or second in the East, rather. And uh, you just got to go out there and prove it. But they have a team capable of doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think – it was funny after they after in the inter- post game after their Eastern Kentucky win, Devin Leary kind of mentioned coming from NC State and the tempo that they ran in the offense and the no huddle and everything, and coming to Kentucky where Saturday specifically it seemed like they played even slower than they did in the opener, mm-hmm. but I, I I feel like he's just got to kind of find his groove within that. And and maybe they'll speed things up a little bit more to kind of beat him halfway. Cause it seemed like in the first half, he was just kind of rushing things, but I'm with you that, that Leary can be that dude for them at quarterback by season's end. Mm-hmm. So we will leave it there, David. I really appreciate you jumping on with me and good luck. Uh, the rest of the season to you.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will Dip my head back into the prime circus here in a little (laughs) bit. Always good to talk to you, CL, man. Take care.
0: All right. Thank you. I'm excited to welcome to the show a young man I have not interviewed in literally a decade. He was the starting (laughs) point guard on University of Louisville's 2013 National Championship team in men's basketball. And we saw it with our eyes, folks, no matter what the NCAA says or allows in terms of banner hanging we saw it. Mr. Peyton Siva. How you doing, Peyton? I'm good, man. It's always good to talk to you. I appreciate, appreciate that. You. Appreciate that. Thank you for joining me. So we will jump right into the end of this summer. You participated in the the basketball tournament, TBT, in Freedom Hall. What, what was that whole experience like, kind of getting the band back together, so to speak?
2: Honestly, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, when I first uh, decided to join, I just thought, OK, so, you know, I've watched the basketball tournament. I was like, OK, I'll just get out there and play, just have fun, getting around with the guys. And, but with them having it in Louisville and once the news came out that we were doing it, I was walking around town and I had people come up to me every which way. And I was like, hey, we can't wait to come. We can't wait to be there. And then, you know, from it became from, uh, you know, a little small basketball game to so now it's all right now you gotta represent for louisville now the fans are coming out now people are hey you guys are gonna win it all so i mean it was it was super fun man it's super exciting to get a chance to play with everybody and you know get out on the court with russ again um guys like rakeem wayne kyle you know that was fun his mind like chris dow who lives in louisville um shane it was it was really cool man to get everybody back together and get it get out there and play in front of a you know, really good crowd and play in front of our, um, friends and family back home. Well, um, looking back, uh, what would you say,
0: w- w- what was the biggest highlight of your career at UofL and what would you say was your biggest regret?
2: Um, I would say my biggest highlight would, you know, obviously be the championship game. Um, winning the championship, uh, as far as like a team goes, uh, but, personal goals i would say probably my junior year and senior year at the biggest you know, tournament mm-hmm. just as far as like individual goals go because my junior year um, you know sophomore year i had an okay year freshman year i didn't play a lot junior year i was struggling a little bit with injuries and you know we were in a kind of a rebuild year that year also and um you know i went out there played really well won big east uh tournament MVP and we won the Big East tournament that year. And then we went to the final four, but then the next year to, you know, follow up that with another Big East tournament run, um, win the biggest MVP and the Big East tournament with the team. I think that was personally one of my, my highlights of my career. And I would say, uh, regret. I don't really have any, I mean, you know, every, you know, step of the way was a journey. For me, you know, from freshman year coming in, playing behind Edgar Sosa, uh, really learning from him. You know, one of my favorite guards that I ever got a chance to watch at the university. And then, you know, through all the ups and downs, uh, you know, everything just kind of made me who I am today. So uh, those are kind of just be my my touching points.
0: So uh, I I think I saw a post on social media that you had does this after the TBT uh, are you officially retired from basketball from your playing days
2: Yeah I'm done um you know switching focus to you know starting my own business here in Louisville um getting that ready to go and just in you know sitting back and enjoying some time with my family
0: Yes we're we're going to jump into this new venture uh, at shoot 360 basketball in, in one second but i i want to also touch on your overseas career um because i think you you also have some insight into a to a current situation but um what what was your favorite place to play
2: my favorite place to play as far as playing i would say berlin um the, as far as basketball, the competition, everything goes. But as far as living, I would say Australia. Oh, wow. Okay,
0: okay. And and <laughs> that's a perfect segue because, you know, obviously Trenton Flowers, the UofL commit uh, last minute before classes makes the about face to go play in Australia. And I, I wanted to get your insight just into what he's going to face down under uh, playing in the NBL.
2: Um, I mean, it's it's professional. You know, he's going to play against a lot of you know grown men down there, guys who you know, like I said, are professionals. Uh, but it's it's going to be different for him um, from college. Now he he does have his family down there, so he does have a good support system. You know, a lot of guys who do go overseas or wherever they might go, they usually go by themselves. So there's a lot of growing up for them to do, but. He has a really good support system with him, so I think that will help him a lot. Um, it's going to be an adjustment from the physicality, but as far as the style of play, I think he'll do okay. Um, just because down there in the NBL, it's a lot of it's uh, a pro style, up and down. You know, teams are going to get out and run really high pace, high scoring games, and I think that really fits his build. Yeah, I I, I did see you
0: had a supportive uh, it, it might have been on twitter or x or whatever it is now i don't remember what form <laughs> of social media but after he made the announcement i did see that you you jumped into the comments and were like basically good luck to you uh do, do you ever i feel like you have kind of a a like an ambassador of ufl basketball unofficial title because you you've <laughs> represented yourself and the university so well throughout throughout your time here and in the years um did 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 you actually get to talk to him you know uh personally or was it just
2: you know just kept it to the post i just kept it to the post really um i didn't get a chance to speak to him uh you know personally i you know got a chance to you know really get to know him while he was here and he's he's a really great kid it sucks just because you want to see him play for university. You want to, you want to be able to cheer for him. But as far as just, you know, basketball goes, if it feels at another school people would understand also. I mean, it's a, it's a good move in a sense that if that's the style he wants to play in, if you don't want to focus on having to go to school and, you know, dealing with, you know, fans or whatnot, I mean, he'll still deal with fans, but just being there and focusing purely on basketball, then that's the move for him. Um, you know, I, like I said earlier, it's it's going to be a grind down there. I mean, but it I think it'll be a good experience for him if that's what his ultimate goal is, and he just wants to purely focus on basketball. Then you know he goes and focuses purely on basketball. He doesn't have to worry about school and you know everything else. Um, so, yeah. And as far I, as like this, you know, the ambassador role of Louisville, like you know, I love Louisville. It's it's my home. home. You know, I moved here. My family's from here. Um, you know, the university's been nothing, but you know, kind and good to me. So I, I try to support them in every way, which way I can. Um, and like I said, it, it sucks that, you know, a, such a talented player decide to leave. But, I mean, you move on and you go on to the next. You don't dwell on it. Yeah. At,
0: at what point was it? Was it while you were in school or was it much later? Did you kind of realize you know what you had here at the U at the University of Louisville and 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 the city as a whole in terms of the support you get and being a place that you felt like you could make you could call home like you could come and settle down after after you finished playing.
2: I would say it was more so after, um, you know, when I realized Louisville was really you know home for me because you know during school in college. You know, people are gonna love you and they're gonna support you when you're there. I mean, you're part of their team and you know, you're part of you know regardless. Um but it wasn't until after I, I was done playing and I was able to, you know, come back here and distill the, the fans, the love and support showed me show that, you know, how much they care for you as a person. I mean, yeah, you, you might have done some good great things for them as a as a player, but they really care for you off the court also. And I think that's really what, you know, stuck out to me and really what you know, opened my eyes to uh, you know the city of Louisville. Now, when I when I was here in college, I loved it just because yeah they show you fam- uh, show you love you're a rock star on campus, um, the city just loves you, but you really see who loves you when you when you're gone. You know, <laughs> yeah. and um, I thought that was that was big. Just to to
0: add to what's you know obviously Trenton Flowers had the the last minute the last minute exit after his commitment. But how do you see coming into this season? How do you see the program uh, under Kenny Payne and, and, you know, obviously the struggles from last season, but going into year two, where, where do you see this Cardinal team? I think
2: they're much more talented. um, A little bit deeper this year. So, you know, they're just going to have to come show it. Like I, I tell a lot of people, you know, I, I can't really judge them on their summer. <laughs> you know, you really can't tell a team until they get out there and play. So I think they're on paper more talented. Um, but we'll see when the lights are on, you know, it's a lot different game when the lights are on, but I think they have the guys who can go out there and compete. I'm really looking forward to seeing them. Um, I know Mike's been, you know, grinding all the summer sky. Um, Big fan of, you know, Trey and all of them. So, uh, I'm looking forward to watching them. You know, they should get out and run. and You know, they're, they're you know, like I said, summertime, they're a really good shooting team. So, we'll see when it comes, when the lights show up. What about all the extra stuff? Do you feel like it's – is there weight on this
0: team or because because there's not as many players left? There's a lot of new faces that that four and twenty eight from last season is in the past, and they can they can play without having kind of a cloud.
2: Um, I definitely think they have a, some pressure on them. I mean, they should have some pressure on them from you know the four and twenty eight season, but also too, I think they know what's at stake. I know what they they know what they can accomplish. Um, and I, I'm a big advocate for if they go out there and play the right way and go play hard and you know win games and actually turn the program around, I think they'll be one of the most loved programs. I mean, even if they don't, you know, win championships or whatever, but you know, they, they win games, go to the tournament. Um, you know, they can really, you know, turn this city around and they'll become one of the most loved uh, teams that Louisville has had just because of the circumstances. But I definitely think they, they know the what's at stake. Um, they know that, they need to go out there and and win games. Um, You know, they can't have a repeat of last season and uh, they just have to have a sense of urgency and, you know, some fight. And I think they, um, they realize and recognize that they have, you know, this is their future. Um, They go out there and lose. It's going to be a detriment to their future. If they go out and win, it's going to help them. So.
0: So turning the page to your, your new venture, with uh, shoot three sixty basketball, so you you are a franchisee of, of this chain now. Um, when when does it launch? How can you give me the details to to what you're going to be doing?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm starting a basketball training facility. It's called Shoot Three Sixty Louisville, and we'll be launching our grand opening is September 29th at um our facility from four to eight. We'll have um, Chick-fil-A provided by, you know, Bar <laughs> Road and Stony Brook. And then we'll That'll have, bring like, them I did. I mean, they're, they're sponsoring us. But we'll have, like, Stony, I mean, um, we'll have, like, snowcombs, face painting, and as, as a chance for people to come in and see the facility, see the technology. Um, so we'll be starting up then, and I'm looking forward to it. I I saw
0: one of your, I keep going, maybe I'm spending too much time on social media. I saw one of your <laughs> posts on, uh, the technology it was crazy. You were doing like passes. It was, it was like a digital screen and, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to get the ball into a, well, what was it like a green dot was where you had to pass it amongst a bunch of red dots.
1: moving.
2: So, I mean, it's a, it's a technology based uh, basketball training facility. And it just kind of focuses really on, you know, three key aspects of basketball uh, passing, shooting and dribbling. And the technology that you saw saw in there was really focusing on my passing. And the cool thing about it, you know, everybody loves data and analytics, but, you know, kids love games. Yeah, Um, yeah. You know, and this is kind of gamified, you know, the art of, you know, dribbling and passing. So the game that I was playing was, you know, focusing on my precision passing, um, you know, getting into the green, avoiding the red, you know, just working on, like I said, my precision, my timing, it just focuses on all that and puts it into a game. So for you know, myself and for kids, they're like, oh, I'm playing a game, but you're actually working on your actual basketball skills. And I think that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to partner with them and um, decide to bring that to Louisville because I thought it was a, a really cool concept. So when, how did you come about, you know,
0: 360 and, and the idea of becoming a franchisee?
2: So I saw the gym, I want to say about four or five years ago. A good friend of mine, Rodney Stuckey, has one in um, Seattle. And when I walked into the facility, I thought it was amazing. And I was like, man, if I ever get a chance, I would love to bring this to Louisville. Um, there's really nothing like it. No, there is nothing like it. And I thought it was a you know a great concept because it does help kids develop, but also in a way that they can have fun and you know you can be a part of. And I always loved being in the gym. I had to stay in the gym all day, so. I was like, no, that's something that, you know, I want to, you know, uh, move towards when I'm done playing. And it came about, things worked out to where, you know, they were trying to um, move over and gain new places across the the country. And they were moving out towards the East Coast. And I was like, look, I want to bring, you know, a couple to Louisville. And it just kind of worked out. Uh, we found a great gym here in, in Louisville over in Norton Commons uh, where we, you know, know the owners of there, um, Ann and Eddie, who are great people and just worked out a deal with them to, you know, use the facility and take it, take over there and, you know, put the gym in there.
0: Indeed. Can, can you give us uh, or the listeners the the actual street address? You said Norton Commons.
2: Yeah, so it's located in Norton Commons. Uh, the actual address is 9400 uh, Dayflower Street, Prospect, Kentucky, 40059. Um, located next to Vanguard Academy over here in Norton Commons. Um, So it's, you know, it's it's close to everybody. I mean, it's 15 minutes from downtown, 15 minutes from Middletown. So we try to find a a really good location for everybody to get to. Um, And it's close to where we stay at, too. So it just kind of helps out. That'll
0: do it for another episode of the C.L. Brown Show. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, click on those subscribe buttons. Leave a positive review because we need more love in this world and come on back and check us out again next week.